So this morning's reading is from John chapter 6, verses 1 to 14, and then 35. Some time after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him, because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountain and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one of these to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. And there was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were seated, as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather up the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign that Jesus was performed, they began to say, Surely this man is a prophet who has come into the world. And verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Thank you, Dave. Morning, everyone. It's really good to be here this morning. Um, So over the last few weeks since the beginning of the year, we've been discovering more about Jesus through some of the individuals that he encounters. Today, we're exploring thousands of unnamed characters and how Jesus provided for them in a truly miraculous way. This is a story, as with John's last week, I'm confident that most of us will know very well and have heard probably many times. Um, So my prayer today is that God will teach us all something new and fresh from this encounter with his son. Firstly, um, I'd like to share a story of a time uh, when I saw God's abundant provision in quite an unexpected way. As I'm sure many of you will know, around the beginning of December, many Christian unions based in universities across the UK organize a carol service. It's an evangelical event uh, to invite lots of people, lots of students and other people in cities um, to share some Christmas cheer and to share the good news of Jesus. The Exeter Christian Union, of which I was a member while I was at university, was no different. Every year we organized a carol service at the home of Exeter City Football Club, St. James's Park. We expected around two and a half to 3,000 people. And one thing we wanted to do every year was offer um, everyone that came a free mince pie. And we collected mince pies in the couple of weeks leading up to the carol service. We took donations from supermarkets, from local churches, from CU members. And I think it was my second year, a couple of hours before the carol service, The final mince pie count was at about 1,500. So cue lots of panicking CU committee members. Um, Around 2,800 people came to that carol service. And we handed out a mince pie to everyone that came. 
At the end of the carol service, we were handing them out as people left. There were still hundreds of mince pies left over. We sent loads of boxes to food banks and homeless shelters. Now, whether there was this last-minute surge in donations or whether half the people that came just didn't want one, this to me was, and to the whole CU, was a clear display of God's unexpected and abundant provision. God's provision is a truly wonderful thing. It's something that is sure and certain, and it can be a fantastic witness to those around us that don't know Jesus. Using the passage that Dave's just read, um, I want to explore four different characteristics of God's provision. Look at how we see evidence of this in the Bible, the story we've just heard, how they're true now, and how we can have the confidence that they are true for the future. God's provision is certain, but it is also unexpected. It is abundant, and it has already been willingly given to us. Firstly, God's provision is certain. It's something we can count on. In that final verse of our reading, verse 35, Jesus promises, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Earlier in the series, we read uh, the story of Jesus promising living water to the woman at the well, and we were reminded that we too are offered this bread of life and the living water, and that's a provision that is certain and sure for all of our futures. Whilst the crowd who are the character in in today's story, is physically fed with bread and fish. They're also likely to have been spiritually fed. Sometimes we receive God's provision in a practical way. We've just heard an example of those practical ways that um, people receive provision. Perhaps it is a meal dropped on your doorstep by a friend at a time of need, or a tax rebate when you've just had to pay for a new boiler. Or it might be something on a more personal, spiritual level. We might be searching for a deeper connection with God, and we're provided with perfect opportunities to grow in our relationship with him. We pray, give us today our daily bread, and we can hold fast to the fact that God provides just what we need for the day ahead. Jesus broke bread and gave thanks, sure and with the confidence that those five loaves and two fish were going to feed all 5,000 men and their families. And we can have the same confidence that God will provide all of our needs. I've recently read the book God Smuggler, which I'd highly recommend if you haven't read it, by Brother Andrew, which is his story of smuggling Bibles Um, behind the Iron Curtain, to parts of the world where people were severely persecuted for their faith and their beliefs. And the book is full of stories of God's provision at the perfect time and in really wonderful ways. When his work is only just beginning, he recalls the beginning of an amazing story of supply. He writes, The gifts from unknown friends were small because my needs were small. I wanted to help with household expenses, 
My old jacket had worn out. I had promised a friend I would mail him a copy of the Czech Bible. And to meet these needs, there was a small income from readers of the magazine Kracht von Umhug. Later, as my work expanded and there was greater need, so too did contributions from readers increase. And it was when there was need for really large sums years later that God turned elsewhere for our funds. Despite some really dire circumstances and hardship, Brother Andrew had faith that God would always provide just what it was he needed for his practical needs. And unsurprisingly, God always did. By Jesus giving thanks for the bread and fish, he reminds us that God is the source of all good and necessary gifts. And this is a helpful lesson to us. Instead of complaining about what we do not have, we should give thanks for what we do have and trust that God will make it go further than we imagine it could. Secondly, God's provision is unexpected. And I know in some respects saying that God's provision is unexpected, as well as certain, may seem a bit contradictory. Whilst we can be confident and sure that he will provide, we don't always know how God will provide. Jesus' disciples didn't know what he was going to do. Jesus asks Philip, with what I like to think is a bit of a cheeky, mischievous smile, where they will find bread to feed all of these people. He's testing them, knowing exactly how all of these people are going to be fed. I can imagine how, at this point, the disciples have been expecting to send the crowds away, um, expecting Jesus to send the crowds away. Never did they imagine they'd be organizing a banquet for thousands of people. And all of a sudden, Jesus, they're aware that Jesus is expecting that none of these people go away hungry. Philip, quick mathematician that he is, calculates it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. It's a very logical, practical, human reaction and response to Jesus' question. But picture yourself amongst that crowd. You're surrounded by 5,000 men, their wives and children. And what do you say to your children that are complaining that they're hungry? I'm sure many of you have been in that situation. I'm sure these men and their families are expecting to go hungry, skip a meal, or venture into neighboring villages to find food. None of them would have expected to have a feast, to be full up, and to be able to give back leftovers. Jesus feeding the people in this way is both an act of compassion and a demonstration of the presence of God's kingdom there with them. I wonder if we put similar human limitations on God, not believing he can really do all he says he can. I wonder if we even question whether God's provision of forgiveness extends as far as us. And we see examples of God's provision all throughout the Bible. One occasion that mirrors today's story is the challenge of the Israelites living in the desert. They escaped captivity in Egypt only for them to face the hardship of living in the desert. And yet, God never leaves their side. 
In Exodus 13, verse 21, we read, The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they may travel by day and by night. One of the biggest challenges for them would have been to find food to eat. In chapter 16, verses 12 to 15, we read about God's provision of food. And later on, God gives the Israelites clean water to drink. Over and over again in the Bible, we read stories of God providing supernaturally for his people in ways that they would never expect. And we can be sure today that God will provide for us in ways that we don't expect. Of course, we can ask God for his provision, but we should be prepared for him to provide in his way, not ours. If, for example, we're praying to become more patient, perhaps we shouldn't complain when God places us in a two-hour-long traffic jam or with a child that just won't understand what time is bedtime. And we can be sure he will provide abundantly. So thirdly, God's provision is abundant. And we see that very clearly in our story today. Not only is there provision enough for the men and their families to eat, but there is also plenty left over. God takes a small offering, willingly given by a young boy, and uses it far more generously than anyone present could have imagined. So often we think that our offering to God is small and insignificant, but Jesus uses the small offering to create big, to do big miracles. One of my favourite Christmas carols is In the Bleak Midwinter, for the words of the final verse. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. But what I can, I give him, give my heart. The practical lesson here is clear. Whenever there is a need, give all that you can to Jesus and let him do the rest. Let's have hearts like that young boy who offers his five loaves and two fish and allows Jesus to use this small offering to abundantly bless thousands of people. From a human perspective, we understand the need to provide for those in need. Sadly, we see practical needs of people all the time in the faces of homeless people, in queues at job centres. And perhaps we don't think there's much that we can give. We can't necessarily provide shelter or a job. But what little we can do, we should do. We've just been hearing about a way in which we can practically help, even in a small way. And we should then trust that Jesus can take our small offerings to perform miracles. And as we understand provision in an earthly way, we can be confident that our Heavenly Father will provide so much more. In Matthew 7 and verses 9 to 11, 
Jesus says to the disciples, Which one of you, if his son asks him for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Even we, sinners that we are, know to give good gifts to our children, our friends and neighbours. So how wonderful that we can be confident of God's far more wonderful and amazing provision of good gifts. And this story also gives us a foretaste of the rich heavenly banquet we will enjoy when all of our needs are fulfilled and there is no longer anything lacking. Yesterday, I was at a wedding of some friends and the reception was a Chinese banquet, a 12-course Chinese banquet. And it was fantastic, but merely a fraction of the rich heavenly banquet we will enjoy. The final characteristic of this provision we are offered is that it has already been given. It's already been provided for us. God's ultimate provision of eternal life has already been given in the gospel. When Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we were provided with the greatest treasure we will ever need, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. The question, I suppose, and the challenge to us is, how are we going to use that gift? God has blessed us with our daily bread so that we can bless others and invite them to come into the same certain, unexpected and abundant provision that we already enjoy. It's not a gift for us to keep to ourselves. People say sharing is caring, and that couldn't be more true. What we have to share will allow others to enjoy God's provision of eternal life. In the same way that God provided manna in the desert, in the same way that Jesus provided a feast for these 5,000 people, he invites us to share the bread of life with him and enjoy food that lasts and guarantees us eternal life. And in a moment, we're going to share in communion and we'll remember Jesus' provision of eternal life that he gave us freely when he died on a cross. I pray today that we could all have a renewed sense of God's provision. Let's be certain and sure that God will always provide. Let's expect God to provide in unexpected ways. Let's rejoice in God's abundant provision. And let's pour out our praise that he has already provided us the greatest treasure we could ever need and gives us the opportunity to share this with others. Amen.